0: y'all wait they called him ugly because he was of color
1: (laughs) they called him ugly because he wasn't white jesus no we really lost it you know what i'm gonna say it now y'all narcissists for that one (laughs) everyone who votes (laughs)
0: there. Thank you for tuning in. Today is Thursday, so it means you're listening to a new episode of Mess in the City. I'm your co-host, Nahavi, And I'm Veronica. And today we're going to talk about something called Therapy Speak and um, how we are using it in our day-to-day lives. But before we jump into the conversation. I, of course, want to ask my dear friend, Veronica, how are you doing today, darling?
1: I'm doing pretty damn well. Um, We're post-New Year's, like very pretty post-New Year's, but we're still in January. Do you ever think about when is the best time to stop saying Happy New Year's in January? (laughs) I do. I do, actually. You know, it's really, it's really
0: weird. I haven't said like happy new year to anyone this year because I feel like people just don't want to hear it anymore because if I could like I would say it for the full first week or something like I'm also the person who still wants to clap when the plane lands like even no I'm serious even though flying a plane has become way more normal like it's a normal thing now it's not that special to some people anymore I still want to clap like I don't understand why we stop clapping and I don't understand why we stop saying happy new year
1: after two days why not (laughs) see I cannot relate to you about the whole clapping and planes thing (laughs) because I'm like I'm like I'm gonna clap for you for doing your job like
0: that it's not clapping for doing their job but it's like clapping because we're safe we made it like I've been on a lot of planes in my lifetime but still every time I get on a plane I realize like whoa this is kind of crazy I'm in the air I'm above and I'm close to God like (laughs) you don't think about that stuff when
1: you're on a plane that's like (laughs) Um, I do think that I'm really high up here like Mm -hmm. I get a lot and I have to say the only times I feel inclined to clap are when um, i'm on a plane like a flight that has a lot of turbulence mm-hmm. and i remember this one time i was with ricardo who was on our last episode my brother and we were flying back from mexico to the united states and this man terrified of planes hates planes He's mm-hmm. very and we were going through so, like the worst turbulence that i had ever been through like we were literally jumping out of our seats and like i had to like look at him and i'm like mm, this is nothing we're fine <laughs> <laughs> and then when we landed he was just like wow you weren't scared at all like i like he's like you you've been through worse and i'm like no i lied to you but we're fine now so let's mm-hmm. let's thank, let's thank our flight um attendant oh that's who i want to clap for flight attendants because they are really about keeping everyone calm i know but you don't want to clap for everyone you don't want to clap for the, for the whole crew isn't that the flight attendants oh you mean the pilots too yeah i don't know i do when they tell a joke <laughs> <laughs> no i'm, I'm just cla- have like to do that but technically, like I, I, you technically
0: Technically, I would clap for the bus driver as well.
1: Like I know we do. <laughs> Y'all watch out. And the hobby's getting and just going around clapping for everyone. <laughs> but you know what? This this is a very positive thing. Yeah, appreciating people for their service. Yes. The public good that they're doing for the community. You know what? I'm the one in the wrong. <laughs> I'm stingy with my- You're
0: stingy with your claps. (laughs) (laughs) Are you stingy with your Happy New Year's as well? Oh, incredibly. Really? I said Happy New Year to anyone. I know because I texted you Happy New Year twice and you never (laughs) said Happy New Year back and I was feeling some type of way and I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to let it slide. She's probably tired. It's the nine hour difference. (laughs) (laughs) Now, really that was a red flag in our friendship (laughs) (laughs) why don't you wish people a happy
1: new year i don't know why i don't because i'm because i'm like it happened now we're here time to go on time to move forward (laughs) but you're right i should i should be saying that more and also happy new year (laughs) yeah well don't thank you (laughs) thank you yeah, you're like it's a little fucking late, Veronica. Yeah,
0: no, like what? Like technically, no. The first week of January has go- has come and gone by now. So I think after the fr- after January seven, like don't do it. Now it's like tacky. Like now you're annoying. It's like the same when people are like, "See you next year," and they mean like, oh, "See what? you in an hour," and it's like, <laughs> it's, like I hate that. I don't like those jokes like I love a corny joke but that's the one that I don't like it's
1: like shut up it's so consistent that's the problem Mm -hmm. I wish y'all would try something new anyways how have you been doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good I'm doing fine um I actually started driver's lessons so hopefully this year will be the year where I get my driver's license but I still want to be like, uh, what's it called again? Passenger princess? Passenger princess. Yeah. I will always be one. Like, even if I have my driver's license, I will always be in the passenger seat just chilling. Like, once I get it, do not expect me to start driving, Veronica.
1: <laughs> you know what? I probably, I really wouldn't expect you to start driving. Because one thing, I don't know how people in the Netherlands drive. But I assume it's a lot more careful than people in dc like in maryland like they they drive here
0: (laughs) well i think like we have to maybe do a lot more to actually get a driver's license so it's like at least well i think you guys have like at least 40 hours of driving as well right before you take the test
1: yeah but no one checks the 40 hours yeah
0: that's what i'm saying and the 40 hours is like literally be your uncle or your dad or your mom whoever is available to you and here you actually have to pay an instructor like by the hour to teach you how to drive so i think like by the time you actually get your driver's license you're probably like a decent driver but yeah i don't know we'll see hopefully next year in 2025 i have my driver's license and we are still doing this podcast and we are in the spotify top 10.
1: <laughs> you know what? Michael, I will, we'll do a podcast episode from our cars.
0: <gasps> that would be so fun. We should actually cute. if we if like if we do it, we should actually film it as well.
1: 100%. I love that. I love it. Same. Like,
0: same. Damn, yes. We're so
1: creative in 2024.
0: Yes. <laughs> happy new year new (laughs) us
1: (laughs) new us new year
0: new us and yeah okay so let's jump into what we're here for today I wanted to talk about like I mentioned earlier like therapy speak because initially I told you like let's have a conversation about like attachment styles and relationships like you have the like avoidant attachment I think and the other one is um
1: anxious attachment
0: Yes, because I was just thinking about, like, who am I? And I was like, oh, I want to know how you see me. And I want to, like, tell you how I see you and, like, how we see ourselves. Um, But as I was, like, reading up on the topic, I just realized that I don't know anything. I was like, this is the exact reason why you should go to school. Because when I was reading it, (laughs) whatever style you're choosing, apparently it's problematic And it means like you had a bad childhood. And I'm like, so we all like, what is this? What is this? So let me just explain. So avoidant attachment style is someone who doesn't want to get close to other people. And according to the internet, it's because you see, you think very highly of yourself, but you don't think highly of other people. Like, you're expecting for them to disappoint you. And that's why you don't necessarily want to uh, make an effort to have close relationships with other people. So, that would be you are avoiding close relationships. And apparently, that's what you call a, a avoidant attachment style. The other one is an anxious attachment style. Where it's like, basically, um, you kind of flip it. It's where you feel like you look to other people and you think like you're beneath them so you'll do everything to kind of form close relationships with people and I think even love bombing like showing them a lot of love like getting very close to people very fast because you like want some kind of uh emptiness within yourself to be filled with like other people's presence I think that's what you call um an anxious attachment style According to the internet, and I'm saying, according to the internet, because again, I'm not a therapist, I didn't go to school and study these terms and study all these other terms. but yeah, I kind of want to talk about it because we are using all these terms in our day to day life. So first of all, before we even jump into the bigger bigger conversation about therapy, speak, which one of those two do you think you are?
1: <laughs> oh. No with my attachment styles which i also did some research on it as well and there's actually four attachment styles yes there's four there are actually four four, but people are always talking about these two exactly and there is one that like people are like okay because because when i started looking into these attachment styles it was always like I was in the same boat as you. Where I was just like, "Oh, no one wins. We all have trauma. No one's <laughs> safe." But there is one, and it's called a secure attachment style, mm-hmm. and it means that the person can trust that people around them will meet their needs, and that their parents will take their emotions seriously mm-hmm. and make them feel safe. And I mean, that's like the goal everyone wants to be, but apparently, we're all not there. Very yeah, we're yeah. there. <laughs> Um, No
0: one mentions the the secure attachment style on TikTok. On TikTok, you would think it's only those two.
1: Like on TikTok,
0: everyone is toxic. Everyone is a narcissist. Everyone is
1: gaslighting each other. It just keeps going. It really does. And that's why I was so surprised to find out there there was four and not just two. Mm-hmm. Also, the third one is disorganized, which means that you can't trust your caregivers or yourself and you just don't know what to do with yourself. Mm-hmm. But, um, and obviously everyone could be a mix of these, all of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But which I is- want to be toxic and I just want you to tell me which one of the avoidant or... Uh, anxious you think you are most because apparently those are the only ones that matter on TikTok it's only those two
1: (laughs) the kings the royalty of TikTok have narrowed it down to just these two yes Um, I would definitely say I am more I guess anxious attachment style um because I feel like I, like, definitely make relationships really quickly, like, friendships and everything like that, Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes down to, like, romantic relationships and stuff like that, I become very avoidant. Like, I'm like, I can trust my friends, but who are you? (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know you like that, and I feel like, um, and this is just a thing that, like, I definitely have, where... I am very friendly and i'm very outgoing and bubbly and everything Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm like opening up to everyone about like things like particularly personal to me Mm -hmm. but i'm like i'll be there's some things that are like for society they're like oh this is personal and you're just sharing it with people but it's not personal to me i'm like oh this is just whatever
0: yeah Someone mm-hmm. once said to me cuz I reckon what you're saying I recognize it in myself and then some like a friend of mine she told me I think you're open you're just not an open book. And I was like, "You know what? That's exactly who I am. I will talk to people about stuff that to them might be super serious but to me it's not." And then they feel like I opened up to them. I was like, nah, not really." <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows this. I tell everyone <laughs> yeah so yeah I feel like I'm the same way like with
1: half avoidant half anxious yeah and like I have people in my life like who are also very like friendly and bubbly and everything like that and like people start to feel very attached to them and then they'll realize like oh I actually don't know this person at all Mm -hmm. like I have people in my life who just like Ask other people, whenever they're in like a conversation or meeting new people or hanging out with people, they're constantly a- asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. But like the other person will be like, so like, oh, we're creating a really good bond here. But in reality, it's just like, oh, wait, I don't know anything about you because you've been asking me so many questions. And now I'm like, now I'm just like, ah, wow. Yeah. Like in that kind of environment I have some of those things which I wouldn't say they're necessarily a problem but like it's just I'm just not that open to people like in the way that a lot of people assume I am which is fine mm-hmm. or maybe it's not but I'm not a therapist so who's to say <laughs> <laughs> well it sounds like
0: you're like protecting yourself which I think is a good thing yeah
1: yeah
0: that doesn't sound weird to me But it probably doesn't sound weird to me because I'm the exact same way. So yeah. (laughs) Who am
1: I? We're just the blind (laughs) leading the blind right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe a therapist is listening to us right now and it's like, this is terrible. This is like exactly what you don't do. But yeah.
1: Yeah. It works for me.
0: It works for you as well. So why not?
1: Exactly. And... I have to say that like a person a video that I watched that really helped me break it down which I suggest other people watch is um from licensed mental health therapist family and relationship therapist um Steph Anya she's on YouTube Mm -hmm. and she's like she's not just like because I had I looked up so many videos and it was like just some person talking about it which is fine But if I want to learn about it, I would rather learn about it from, like, a source, which also, like, I feel like it also really gets into, like, the therapy speech that you were talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, because it's, like, while I was researching this topic, I realized, like, I mentioned before that a lot of times we use words in our day-to-day lives. And I think people are now, like, it's, like, it now has, has the term, like, therapy speak. Like, we're using it, like, in... Like regular conversations people like are like oh are you gaslighting me oh oh you're so toxic oh you're a narcissist and then it's like we don't really truly know the meaning of those words but it's like we've heard it somewhere and we like figured out a way to use it in our the conversations we have with family and friends and at work and it's I think it's kind like it's funny. It it's sometimes it's funny because I think there are a lot of people who are just using it to be like as a joke, but there are also a lot of people who actually use it in like very serious conversations and that's when I feel like it's a little dangerous. Like for example, have you ever had this moment where someone is like accusing you of gaslighting, but like literally you're you just forgot like you promised them something or you told them something and you're like oh I don't remember and they're like I feel like you're gaslighting me
1: yeah I've definitely had that I've definitely had that a lot and yeah that's why I'm so big of being like now and ace because it's happened a few times and mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. Someone tells me something I'm like okay and if I said I did I said that or whatever I believe you now like I, I guess
0: yeah because I think, for example, with gaslighting, for people who don't aren't familiar with the term, it's about like manipulating someone into questioning their own perception or reality. So with gaslighting, it's all about intent. Like I'm intentionally deceiving you, but I think a lot of people are just using it whenever they feel like whatever you're you're saying doesn't go hand in hand with what they're thinking or what they're saying about the situation you are both like having a conference like you both like experience something and you have different opinions and nowadays we're just like oh you're gaslighting me just because we don't share the same opinion about something
1: and that's I dangerous. It's, it's so dangerous. It's crazy and it's dangerous. It's wild and it's dangerous. You talk about examples. And mm-hmm. one of the examples that comes into my head most of all when it comes down to like their therapy speech is you remember what happened with Jonah Hill?
0: Um, do you mean like the last I think it was the last year with his like his girlfriend? Is that yeah. what you're alluding to? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So Jonah Hill, and for everyone who doesn't remember, Jonah Hill, Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty One Jump Street, <laughs> <laughs> um, ex girlfriend Sarah Bra- Brady. Brandy Brady? Oh, I guess. Sarah, Sarah, the girl, <laughs> <laughs> um, so she posted a bunch of like screenshots and things like that, showing that um Jonah Hill was emotion- was emotionally abusing her mm-hmm. but also the way he was doing it was he used a lot of therapy speak to sort of guilt her into doing things the way that he wanted them to he wanted them to be done mm-hmm. um, which is like stopping her from like wearing her swimsuits even though she is literally server. a server and for her to like not be talking to men and stuff and these were like boundaries he was like these are my boundaries and you have to respect them because he was using therapy speak you know like I've been going to therapy for years since Mm -hmm. I was like Mm -hmm. 19 and like being able to use this language or like just to like know the proper terminology and stuff to the relationships I had to people for the way that I reacted to people and the way that people were treating me, it was, like, very important. And I don't want to, like, downplay how important, like, having a therapist explain things to you is. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it seems as though, and there is a trend of it, a lot of people online are just using these terms with little research. Yes. Sort of, like, make their point or to guilt people mm-hmm. and Jonah Hill was a big example of that but like in smaller skills it happens all the time yeah which is like this is a thing that I hear a lot on TikTok and that a lot of like therapists have been talking about is so let's say you have a dysfunctional relationship with like a partner mm-hmm. and then you two have reached that point where like we need couples therapy hmm and so you all will go to couples therapy um and most of the time on tv we see things where it's just like oh the man's not really like participating or like the other partner is like taking up most of the room or things like that you know but a common thing that's happening now is that the abusive partner will be participating or the partner that isn't trying will be participating but then they'll just take home the language and start to use it in their own like for their own advantage Mm -hmm. now that's happening more and more and you've seen you've seen people talk about this on tiktok i've seen therapists talk about this on tiktok
0: (laughs) well i guess you are done actually on the good side of tiktok because i only see the people who are like telling The TikTok stories where it's like, oh, let's talk about my narcissistic boyfriend. And then they describe the boyfriend as just a guy who's cheating. It's like, girl, this is is not what we mean with narcissists. (laughs) I want to be on your side of TikTok, where we have people who research stuff and who explain things correctly. Because what you just mentioned is like super dangerous.
1: Especially nowadays, it's hard to tell the difference between those things. Because so many people are are like acting as therapists. Because it's fine to like use the correct terminology Mm -hmm. for the situations. But it's not fine to just like call everyone a narcissist. Mm -hmm.
0: But you know one thing? I've been to therapy as well when I was younger. And now that I think about it, in going to therapy, I learned a lot about things. But I never actually went back to other people in my life and used those terms in the conversations I was having outside of therapy so like even if my therapist would explain to me oh this is what it means when you set boundaries and this is what setting boundaries look like I didn't run back home and be like okay mom okay best friend okay um these are my boundaries or I think you are being this and this and that. I I never used those actual terms because it just didn't make sense to me to try and have a conversation where you are explaining something to someone who might have never gone to therapy and now you're explaining it with therapy speak. Like, how is that
1: helping the situation? Exactly, right? And also I feel, gosh, I feel that for me personally, when I was going through like therapy, and I'm still going to therapy and everything now, is that like, it took me a very, very long time before I was able to particularly use the tools I learned in therapy, Mm -hmm. and take them into my relationships with people. Um, It was very helpful when I was able to do it. And this isn't with everyone. But for I feel like for myself, having to use those tools, I had so much hesitation to do it and to explain like terms or to do any of that. Sometimes I feel like I see there are people who like just feel very, very comfortable to do it. And I'm (laughs) like, that's really great. But sometimes I like see people who have like never been to therapy. And they're like, using all of this stuff, which is like, okay, it's fine. Um, Is it? is it fine (laughs) they're using it incorrectly and then it's just really weird and you're right like is it fine but like i know therapy isn't accessible to everyone especially in the united states so the Mm -hmm. most people will ever get is these tiktok therapists no but listen i'm not talking about tiktok
0: therapists because i guess if you're a tiktok therapist you to a certain up to a certain point you have a certain knowledge that I don't possess. So you are somewhat able to talk about it. But I'm also just talking about like regular people who've never been to therapy, who've never even done any research, but they heard like the word, oh, this is toxic. You have these toxic traits and now they're just using it in every situation. Like you mentioned, just to make themselves better. You yeah, what I mean,
1: that's
0: vantage point. Okay, now, yeah, I yeah. like, like saying, like, let's say I have this friend who's never been to therapy. She doesn't even know how to write the word therapist, but she's on TikTok. She's hearing these words and now she's knocking on my door. Like, oh, I want to have a conversation with you and we're talking. And in those 10 minutes, she has said toxic trait. She has called me a narcissist. She has called me a, what, a, what a, help me out. She said, I'm gaslighting her. Just this like not happened to me personally, but I'm just <laughs> trying to like give you a picture of what I like mean is go what I
1: think is going on in the world right now. And I agree, because I do think that's going on in the world too. Mm-hmm. And because of those things and because of stuff like that, it's also turning a lot of people who could really benefit from therapy <laughs> off from therapy. They're just like, I talked to this one person and they use all this terminology on me and now they're kind of like haters to everyone
0: but honestly I feel like everyone who goes to therapy turns into like a hater for a little bit do you know what I mean like after you go to therapy for the first time (laughs) you're like everyone is kind of your enemy because you're trying to change up your environment by not like The people you already have relationships with you're trying to within that old relationship you're trying to create a new relationship that's more healthy but you want it they are like what what's going on here so like you're a hate like to whoever if you're going to therapy please know that everyone like kinda sorta hates you for going to therapy and they hate your therapist please believe me (laughs) even though i've been to therapy I've also had this with other people. I'm like, I fucking hate your therapist so bad right now.
1: I want to punch him or her in the face right now. You know what? I do. I do get that, particularly because I don't know. Like, I see, like, I think like the thing with therapy and like becoming a hater, especially like during that beginning stage is because your therapist, well, at least in my case, my therapist would just repeat back the things I say and then be like, wait, did you just say this person did this and this and this and said this and this and this? And I'm like, yeah, you know, what that kind of sounds fucked up. Yes, and then if they you- always make you
0: be like I always feel like I'm dumb Then <laughs> they repeat stuff to me and I hear out loud what I just said. And what I allowed other people to do to me, I'm like, oh, wow. I <laughs> I must not be standing on business.
1: Honestly. Because that's how I feel like I always kind of feel like a dumbass coming out of therapy being like, damn, I just let people treat me like that <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> and then I have to get lunch with them afterwards. And then I'm like side-eyeing them. Oh, well,
0: no, rule number one after therapy you don't talk to other people for at least an hour cuz i need to process this
1: you come back from therapy you accidentally run into someone you were just talking about you're like mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst when you're like you're trying to
0: get away from something from someone but you first need the ter- your therapist to like i always need my therapist to confirm if i'm not tripping and then once they confirmed it, I'll start the process of like breaking off a relationship with someone. But when you haven't done it, like you haven't done it yet. So you keep running into them and you're like, hmm, you got 20 more days on this calendar, bitch. <laughs> 20 more days. Because I get I have three more sessions <laughs> after these three sessions. You will never see me again. You are not my friend. My therapist confirmed that you are not my friend. <laughs> she confirmed it it.
1: (laughs) also I have to say I love I've have I've had therapists that I absolutely adore and one of the ones that I love the most was this woman who would like she was not afraid to interrupt me and she would be like hey you just said that but let me tell you what you what I feel like you're actually trying to say or like she would be like hmm, you've been repeating this a lot. Why, like, like, she was just, she was just, like, straight to the point. And I was just like, wow, I, like, I love you. I don't know. Like, are you, are you, are we, like, besties now? We weren't besties. She was my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually never looked forward to going,
0: even if, even though I liked my therapist, it was just always, like, because sometimes I would just have the same complaint every week. And I was like, I know I told you last week I was going to do something about it, but it didn't really, I wasn't standing on business. So here I am again. Hey, (laughs) tell me again
1: what I need to do. Tell me again. Tell me for the fourth time. Let me write it down this time. God, my therapist must think I'm such like, (laughs) (laughs) I
0: am the worst. I'm not listening at all. I'm just crying. I'm just (laughs) crying on the couch. I'm not listening at all
1: okay so all of this us talking about therapy and all of these other kinds of words and stuff Mm -hmm. my phone has picked up on it and guess what popped up on my feed just right now the onion posted a what is it posted a thing saying marriage counselor sides with hotter spouse <laughs> this is like statistically proven. No, the uh, oh wait okay, I so don't you just, know what the, the onion, onion is. is. Okay, the onion is a satirical news organization, oh, <laughs> so it's a bunch well, of satire so- and jokes and whatnot. Uh-huh. Consider you didn't know the onion, but now you know the onion.
0: <laughs> and yeah, then- you were like the onion. I'm mean like, how serious is a news organization like that's called the onion? But like, you never know.
1: So I was like. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, I feel like my phone's been picking it up, picking up what we've been talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. We're and getting also- spied on.
1: The FBI is <gasps> listening in.
0: Oh, my God. The FBI knows about our podcast. Wow. We have
1: That's another so listener. <laughs> <laughs> we love our fans. Love you. On the, the reel though, I did want to at least, because we said We've said the word narcissism a pretty Mm -hmm. good time. And I feel like we should just, I I feel the need to define it now because we've used it so much. Mm -hmm. So narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest or an admiration of themselves. And they like have behaviors such as boasting monologues and condescending remarks to the people around them and they like turn anything into like a reality tv show (laughs) yeah like like it's just drama (laughs) that's that's what the source
0: is saying they're turning everything into a reality show but that's what you
1: added no that's what they said that's (laughs) harvard psychologist shares what things highly narcissistic people do (laughs) <laughs> so does that mean that most people
0: who are on reality shows have like narcissistic traits?
1: Um I want to say most people they they have a I, okay. I feel like if you're in a reality TV show you have to have like a little bit of narcissism or like mm-hmm. you not even narcissistic a a bit more self-centered yeah. to be in a reality TV
0: show because one of the like the good things, the quote unquote good things about being a narcissist is like you're more motivated and more assertive than like other people because you think so highly of yourself Mm -hmm. so you probably don't
1: understand why something wouldn't work out in your favor that's true a lot of confidence Mm -hmm. and it should also be noted that approximately 0.5 percent of the u.s population as in one in 200 people have that disorder and that's so important (laughs) That's so important, but it should also be noted that people with narcissism probably don't get talked into actually going. They ain't get diagnosed. Now. <laughs> so like, I don't know, like.
0: No, but truly, I don't think a lot of people are actual narcissists. If you think about like when someone is like a diagnosed narcissist, if you think about those people and all the crazy things they do, there aren't a lot of people who are willing to go that far. <laughs> like they go far. Like imagine how far you would go as a person and times 2,700, that's a narcissist. <laughs> there aren't a lot of people who, are, who no,
1: mm-mm, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either, because it is like a diagnosed thing. Also, I think there are people in the world who are very emotionally immature. But because mm-hmm. they are emotionally immature, doesn't doesn't mean that they're narcissistic.
0: Yeah, they might have traits, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're the full thing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really dangerous to um, label basically like just roll around the label and diagnose people as narcissistic because it's an actual psychological what is it problem i'm not yeah or psychological thing that people have mm-hmm. like they they like they gaslight and there's constant they actually gaslight <laughs> they actually really gaslight and there's like i'm reading this thing and they have volatile behavior, lack empathy, aggression, gaslighting, constant criticism, humiliation, and corro- corrosion. Collision. Wait, how do you pronounce that? I don't know. Corrosion? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they do these things very much on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure that everyone around them centers them. Like, everyone's their secondary character. Yeah. And
0: whenever they realize that they're not the center of attention, that's when the problem starts. Like for me personally, I haven't come across a lot of people who are exhibiting that behavior like every time you're around them. That's why I'm saying like not just because I haven't met a lot of people who are like an actual narcissist. It's just I guess
1: I'm just saying let's stop calling people narcissists. Narcissists. Yeah. And like the thing with narcissism as well is just, if you're a narcissist, you understand how people, you're constantly thinking about how people are viewing you, Mm -hmm. which is a common thing that we have now because of the internet, because of TikTok and everything like that. But you understand how to better perform around like, let's say your partner's family and friends Mm -hmm. in like, rather than how you actually treat your partner when you're alone with them behind closed doors exactly. yeah mm-hmm. exactly. and partner those...
0: and children like whoever you're with like on a daily basis whoever is like closest to you are usually the people who actually know and are living um with the effects of you being a narcissist but like you wouldn't necessarily see... well that's actually very interesting because we're mm-hmm. seeing there aren't a lot of narcissists in the world but like the point you made earlier on, how would
1: you know? Because they know how to perform. Exactly. And it's hard to, that's why I say it's incredibly difficult to label narcissism. Because of the fact that, like, narcissists understand how the world works. Mm -hmm. They know how to, like, perform for people in short-term. Short-term quality time that they have with other people. They know how to, like, push buttons and do the things that they want.
0: You know what? I feel like if you want to be 100% sure that someone is a narcissist, or let's just say all the narcissist people in the world are probably cult leaders.
1: You know what? I can definitely see that. Cult leaders are very- are probably narcissists. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> the way they're able to manipulate people, like groups of people, like hundreds and thousands of people-
1: you are something else. You are something else. And you know what? I think those are top tier narcissists because not all narcissists. Top are... tier? Yeah. Because... Top tier is like they're in a good way or like they are the narcissists of the narcissists. Yeah. And also they're the ones that have the best people skills because not all narcissists can become cult leaders. And I think like at least. Most narcissists have thought about wanting to do that. Mhm-. Not, not all of them can. Like no matter how like narcissistic or anything or how much really, like self-esteem you have, like there's a cap to how much people will listen. <laughs> <laughs> there's a cap <laughs> to how
0: much shit people will take from you, even if you know how it will work. Exactly, it takes so much.
1: <laughs> Truly. And so that's why I say they were top tier narcissists <laughs> because they're the ones who understand it the best and can actually get people to listen because there's a lot of narcissists like that don't do that. If they're you like-
0: are like a good-looking narcissist, if you are
1: an aesthetically pleasing narcissist, you can be a cult leader. I think that's very, yeah. It's mm-hmm. 100% cuz good-looking people can really get a get away with a lot of things yeah i don't know how this i don't know how it worked because i never found him good looking just in the general sense but apparently ted bundy like everyone was obsessed with him because he was good looking but he was just a serial
0: killer not a cult leader that's true not he- not just i know i just said just let's <laughs> let's skip the just he was a cult uh, he was a serial killer
1: yeah yeah but Yeah, but he had like huge fan bases, and also like, oh yeah, like he would. That's how he lure, like, got his victims over to him. Mm -hmm. Was that he looked friendly and he was handsome, and people wanted to help him.
0: Yeah, can you just imagine being like? We really live in a world where people will just like dismiss you being a serial killer because you look good. Ridiculous. (laughs)
1: yeah we really lost our way didn't we we really did holy shit we're talking about just good looking people and yeah (laughs) no i'm just saying we as a people oh we have lost
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i mean we as a people have we lost the plot like what are you doing why are you writing love letters to a man who would easily like slice and dice you up if he could like what are you doing?
1: You know what was one of the one of the main things that have ha- that happened when I was younger, when I was like a teenager, um, that made me feel like, oh, we definitely lost our ways before I even figured out what who the fuck Ted Bundy was. Was mm-hmm. there's this like you know religious whatever background that I have. There is this post going around that all like the pastors and the elders and everyone was sharing. And it was like, did you know that Jesus was ugly? And then they like, (laughs) what? They're like, would you still like, like, would you still follow him if you knew he was ugly? And then they show like this photo of like this dude of like a recreation of how Jesus looked like. Mm-hmm. he didn't look like white Jesus on the cross with the long hair and everything people were like this man's ugly and then some people were like I think it might have been harder for me to like listen to Jesus if I if he looked like that because in my head he doesn't look like that that's when I realized we lost the plot as human beings <laughs> <laughs> it was just what? like so many years later and we're now debating whether or not if you were a Bethlehem, help. would you? <laughs> You're like, this man's too ugly. I don't care what he says about God. I don't care that he healed the blind.
0: <laughs> I don't care that he died for my sins. He's ugly. What the <laughs> hell?
1: <laughs> this is It is insane. It is insane. <laughs> And it killed me when I found out. I was just like, I was just yeah. like, am really publicly posting this on Facebook right now. And I, I was just, I was also upset because I was just like, this man looks like one of my uncles. Y'all are
0: like, <laughs> y'all Wait, they called him ugly because he was yeah. of color?
1: They called him ugly because he wasn't white. Jesus. Oh, no, we really lost it. You know what? I'm going to say it now y'all narcissists for that
0: one <laughs> <Everyone who> votes... <laughs> that's just crazy yeah. yeah that's therapy speak for you it really is I think that's it actually I think that's it too I think that mm-hmm. was a place to end it <laughs> yeah let's end it on the Jesus might have been ugly note and just like thank people for tuning in <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, and if you can, please look at the look of the definitions of your words hopefully we'll see you next week
0: follow us on instagram veronica would you like to
1: tell people what our instagram handle is and where they can find us our instagram handle is mess and the city pod so all of that written out and then pod P O E. and you can also find us on spotify which is probably where you're listening to this yes bye love Bye. <laughs>